the following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host this evening. I am the DSP Lee Walker, and I'm joined by the Eldorable One, also known as the Eldorable Gamer on our YouTube page, Perched on the Top Rope at YouTube.com. The Eldorable Gamer, Alex Todd. Yes, and if you want to see all the great action, make sure you go to YouTube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope, where you can see the Adorable One there killing it with the WWE 2K 22 review news and everything going on with that video game thanks to 2k sports and we just had some uh, rather interesting news big con connor from the ascension of wwe just debuted in impact wrestling taking on josh alexander in a losing effort alex how do you feel about big con being solo no no tag team partner so, for me personally, this isn't the first time I've seen him solo. If anybody remembers WWE's original awful rendition of NXT when it was game show, Connor was actually on that show back then, and they kind of presented him as this like rat-like character. And the passion that he put into that character back at that time, I knew that once he eventually found his footing, as a character one day in the future that he would be just fine, whether it be on his own or not, because obviously the Ascension wasn't even a thing at that point. So I wouldn't have even known that he was going to have a tag team partner, but uh, yeah, no, seeing him on his own again, it's pretty cool. Um, Wish him the best, obviously an impact and in the future. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have more news about that tomorrow with, with his debut. And you know, if he's signed a contract or anything, fans, you'll be able to find that news on our social media, facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. You can go to Twitter at perched top rope, and it'll be on our Instagram with a post perched on the top rope podcast. After the match, Alex, Josh laid his hands on Scott Demore. And as a result at the no surrender pay-per-view, Josh Alexander has been removed from Team Impact versus Team Honor No More. And there's already, Impact has already had some guys wanting the spot like Steve Macklin. But Team Honor No More brings us up historical stuff like news from Ring of Honor. And Al, you have it all. That I do. Uh, Within the last week, it has been announced that AEW superstar Brian Danielson will be the next inductee in the Ring of Honor inaugural Hall of Fame class. Danielson joins the Briscoe brothers that were also announced a few weeks ago. And Ring of Honor plans to continue to announce the rest of the inductees for their inaugural Hall of Fame class on February 14th and 21st. They did it on the 7th, the 14th, 21st. They're doing it week by week. And obviously with Ring of Honor not being on television right now, in its place, they have been playing reruns of certain matches and episodes of Ring of Honor that have been dedicated to these members of the Hall of Fame class. So, so far, the Briscoes and Brian Danielson. 
that leads me to wonder who the remaining inductees of the inaugural Ring of Honor Hall of Fame class are going to be. Lee, if you were going to dream book your next two, because there's only supposedly two spots left, who would be your two picks to be the final members of the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame class? I would realistically look at names, I think, that were a big part of Ring of Honor, whether it was the early years of yesteryear, all the way up to today. You know, with that being said, we see a lot of Ring of Honor alumni spread throughout wrestling from New Japan, WWE, AEW. It seems AEW is willing to work with Ring of Honor on doing these. You would love to see someone like Seth Rollins get put in there, who who was a big part of Ring of Honor. Or even Cesaro. Yeah, Claudio would be a great one. You know, he was phenomenal there. But being under a WWE contract, I, I realistically don't see it happening. Although I would like to see Samoa Joe, especially after getting let go by WWE. I think this would be like a big, you know, let go twice. <laughs> yeah. This would be like a big positive change towards his career with something like that. I would also say someone like CM Punk or maybe even Raven. Oh, yeah. Raven, you know, Raven did his time in Ring of Honor as well. But there are a lot of early people, too. You know, we just recently had the death of Jimmy Rave. You know, I would I would think that maybe he is someone that they might consider. Granted, what had happened, you know, at the end of his life, Mm -hmm. you know, losing limbs and ultimately losing his life as a result. So I would say Samoa Joe, CM Punk, Jimmy Rave, Raven, any of those names to me is great. How about you, Al? Who, Who would your two be? So one of my big ones is basically impossible because he's under contract to WWE, which is unfortunate because I think uh, this man more than most, not to discredit anybody else in Ring of Honor, I think this man more than most deserves a spot in the inaugural Ring of Honor Hall of Fame class, and that would be Nigel McGuinness. Nigel McGuinness had some of the best matches with Brian Danielson in Ring of Honor history, and those matches that he had with Danielson are still talked about to this day as some of the greatest matches in professional wrestling history. But yeah, it's it's a shame that Nigel McGuinness is currently signed to WWE NXT UK because I think he would be one of the perfect people to bring up in this inaugural Hall of Fame class. But that being said, my other... I'm not going to pick him. Moving on, I would have to say probably someone like CM Punk or Samoa Joe in one of those spots similar to you. And my final pick would actually go to Loki. Yo, that is a fantastic pick. Yeah, Loki is first Ring of Honor champion. So I'm going to go with Loki for that. But it's also interesting because you could see anybody literally that has ever worked in Ring of Honor that is any promotion besides WWE. You could see someone like you said, CM Punk. You could see somebody like Jay Lethal who was just recently in Ring of Honor, or you could see someone who didn't have a ton of Ring of Honor matches, but he had still competed for them in someone like Keith Lee. Yeah, Keith Lee was in Ring of Honor. And, you know, speaking of Keith Lee, we just saw him debut on AEW Dynamite the other night. He was the man who took on Isaiah Cassidy. He walked in, signed the contract. Boom, things are done. We also saw another debut on AEW, the Switchblade, Jay White. Some fans 
I knew would be confused by Tony Khan's wording of the forbidden door. And I, I saw this going two ways, Al. After they had both debuted, fans were going to be mad about the forbidden door word being used. Tony Khan messed up. Mm-hmm. And Fightful reported that Tony Khan messed up. Tony Khan knew he messed up, which is why we saw the Switchblade, Jay White, uh, that had been worked out literally days before Dynamite happened. And if you remember correctly, on Dynamite, when you know, you see the jacket and everything, and you know, you hear Tony Schiavone say, Hey, that's Switchblade Jay White. And then, like, rushed in the words, the forbidden door is open. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Right there, that told me that it's not whoever is going to debut against Isaiah Cassidy, that it was Jay White that was the one opening the Forbidden Door. And a lot of fans seem to be very disgruntled about it, actually. I was kind of shocked. I think because of Dirt Sheets, the idea that February 4th was the end of the 90 days for a good amount of superstars like Killer Cross. That were, you know, waiting on their 90 days. As you know, we just had him at uh, Baltimore Celeb Fest 3 with Scarlet. And even he was teasing fans. Hey, you watch that AEW Dynamite on Wednesday? Yeah, you should watch it. Cool. What You know, that, you know, um, it turns out to be, you know, Keith Lee. And that was that was it. And fans, when I say disgruntled, I mean, really disgruntled. Al, I'm going to read some comments. And before I I, I read some of these comments, I'm going to read the one first of these three tweets that came up that were not PG. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not WWE PG and not very kind. Uh, At J F and row dude looks like he has done nothing but bask in the buffets the last 90 days. At no, casual, this is a podcast. Call the guy out. At, at casual underscore Q-U-E. It's French. He'll be on dark by next month. All you darkies go to the dark. Fuck that guy. At WWE underscore WWF underscore junkie. Oh my God, it's Kunta Keith. Hold on to your wee, folks. Hashtag AEW Dynamite. Now, luckily, we have smart fans that follow us on Facebook where I, I I posted these and I'll read some of the comments. Will Hodges, sad, sad people. He is an amazing worker and glad to see him in the ring. Jacob Bowman. They hate him because he left WWE. These same people loved him when he was there. These are the same people that tried demanding apologize apologies from Brian Danielson when he went to AEW. Wes Hoffmaster, I'm sorry, like my I'm I'm reading from the screen that's a little far away. I don't get it. How could anyone hate on the dude? Athletic big man. Apparently here. Racism and body shaming. Disappointing. Not wrong. So while we thank the fans who were positive about the Keith Lee debuting, those negative fans. I'm actually going to pop off for a minute because I'm sick and tired of this. I know it's never going to change, but I'm sick and tired of this. You have these same people that sit here and they talk about people like Keith Lee or they talk about people like Karrion Cross because there was also a lot of people in 
the comments sections of multiple wrestling pages saying that they were going to complain if it was Karrion slash Killer Cross as well. You have those same people who 90 days ago were complaining that these people were not being used well in WWE and that they deserved better when they got released. And then they go and they find a new job and you get mad because it's not somebody else that you wanted. Who else did you expect it to be? The problem is, is that fans are never happy. And we have talked about this before that the people are going to find a reason to complain about uh, a debut, no matter what. And specifically in AEW, you're always going to have a majority of fans that get mad because somebody from WWE went to another company. That doesn't make sense to me because if you or I were let go from our job right now, would they, would people expect us to not go and get a new job? These people lost their job in WWE. So they, they are getting a new job. They're going to a new company where they will get paid to do the same thing. Like, I don't understand what fans expect. Do they expect these people to just disappear and find an entirely new job? It's yeah, just, it's I, frustrating. Yeah, honestly, I, I really don't know. Um, I actually have more comments from our Instagram page perched on the Top Rope podcast. Uh, Matthew James 07 writes, no need for that. My guy's married to Mia Yim, and he's a player on AEW. Dude's not wrong. She's hot. Uh, oblivion.boy fuck them comments stay limitless love that one yeah me too so uh again thank you fans we promised we would read comments and we have stuck to our word al i actually posted a rather fun meme on uh instagram and facebook i'm gonna read some of those comments now because this one got a lot uh you know how keanu reeves uh is in the movie uh i think it's john wick mm-hmm. you know like there, there's a spot like he's got like blood it's a meme he's got blood on his face and he's got all these guns pointed at his face like yes you know and things like that uh and it says quote with a wwe opinion that'll result in this so you're john wick with all like all these guys with their guns pointed at you i i wanted to have some fun with the fans i said i would read the best ones and here are some that that I had fun from from Facebook. Uh, Patrick Ruth says Morrison was a modern day HBK. Yeah, Stephanie McMahon is one of the best true heels of the last twenty years. I'll agree with that one. Stephen Kingsley, the PG era, is the best thing to happen to professional wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna get you uh, the John Wick one hundred percent. All right, here's one that 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 strikes me: Derek Tyler Mays. The invasion wasn't that bad. Are you serious, bro? Uh, Andrew Mayaki. Sorry if I pronounced your last name wrong. The Attitude Era had more garbage than greatness. Yeah, that gets you John Wick status. Uh, here's another one kind of close to it from Frankie Cardmace. The Attitude Era had way more misses than this, than hits. Basically, he said the same thing. Stephen Oliart, Junior Mahal's WWE Championship run was a lot better than people give it credit for. Shout he, out to my boy, Steve. And he shouldn't have dropped the championship when he did. Bada. Boom. That definitely gets you John Wick status. Oh, no, no. See, I agree with that one because I actually like Jinder Mahal's WWE title right. I, I know you did because you can't hinder the gender, baby. You can't hinder gender. Jinder Mahard body, baby. <laughs> Bodai Maxfield. I never liked The Rock. 
everybody likes the rock yeah that gets you john wick status yep i agree a lot of a lot of attacks on the attitude era rusty jamanovich the attitude era is severely overrated no that gets you john wick status I really like this segment so far because this requires you to pronounce a lot of names and that is not up your alley per se. So this this is one I enjoy. Hey, I'm just glad this they're not all names from New Japan Pro Wrestling because I would be, <laughs> I would not be doing this. It, it would be me doing it. Yes. Lawrence Wilds putting Chris Benoit in the Hall of Fame. That gets you John Wick status. Ooh, yes. It's me. It's me. It's Lee Walker. It was the WWE that should have lost the Monday Night Wars and WCW should have won instead. Yeah. Yep, I gave myself John Wick status. Eric Sutton. All right, this was a good one. WWE only brought back ECW for a money grab and to final FU, the fan base of ECW. <laughs> I don't know if that one is John Wick status because that one's true. It, it's true, but if you're It'll an piss OG- off a lot of people. If yeah, if you're an OG ECW fan, you're mad about that. Yeah, I'm mad about that. I'm I'm an OGer. All right, and this last one that I found, this last one comes from Jaquiz Triple H, without being part of a faction slash tag team and married to Stephanie, had a very mid card career. I would say that gets you John Wick status, but I absolutely love that one because as a wrestler. I am not a fan of Triple H in the ring. Oh, yeah. Al's pissed, everybody. Bro. (laughs) Not cool, man. Are you ready for the the ones on uh, Instagram? Because these ones are just as good, if not, could be better. Sure. I'm still butthurt over the Triple H comment, but go ahead. It's all right. Don't worry, because there's one in here that you're going to like, and there's one in here you're going to hate. Oh, no. And vice versa for me, too. Oh, no. D-Bash 420. Brett screwed Brett. Woo! That's the one I knew you were going to like. And that one uh, I don't like. Al, you and I have been very different on the Montreal screw job. Oh, yeah. And actually, we've planned out at some point. We're not sure when yet. At some point. Lee and I are going to get on here. We're going to do an episode where he and I debate respectfully the Montreal screw job. Yes. This next one, I'm pretty sure is why former WWE writer Rob Hockman is not here with us tonight. Straight talk wrestling. WWE creative team is epic. They tell every story perfectly. I would change nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, straight talk wrestling. Thank you for the laugh. And they win. They win. They're just the best. You're also getting John Wick, buddy. <laughs> oh, God. Collection underscore Inception underscore Inc. AEW will never beat WWE. They are playing two completely different games. If you're a diehard AEW fan, and I mean, Al, we've seen WWE versus AEW fan base. For me, it brings back the joy of WWF versus WCW versus ECW. But watching fans on the internet brings it to a whole new level because during that time, you know, we were just getting rolling with AOL Instant Messenger. And, you know, we were still on dial up with Mm -hmm. uh, AOL and Time Warner Cable wasn't part of, uh, or it was AOL wasn't part of WCW yet. So, 
Yeah, the only way you could actually have that argument back then was if you were like there in person with someone who was a WCW fan and you were a WWF fan. You didn't have the comment section of Facebook or Twitter or Instagram back then. But yeah, yeah if you're if you're a diehard AEW fan, like the diehard AEW fans that are online, that one's getting you John Wick status. One hundred percent. Al, I think this is the next one that I've picked. I don't think you're going to like Chris Jericho is more technical than AJ Styles. I'm sorry, but that gets John Wick status. That's a hard one for me because that's two of my favorite wrestlers right there. Um, Ooh, man. I don't know if I give that one John Wick status or not. That one's a hard one. It gets John. I think it gets John Wick status. I, I, I think between if you, if you want to have fans debate between Chris Jericho and AJ Styles on, on, on a technical level, we, we can do that. We can pull out. Uh, yeah, I think we should do that for the future. And I think we should get the comments from rolling for that, too. Yeah, if not, I'll even pull a few. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know what? Next week, fans, we're going to have a debate on who's more technical in the ring, Chris Jericho or AJ Styles. And we are going to invite two fans on next week's show. How's that sound, Al? Sounds good to me. All right. Bernards.hobbies, right to censor, had the best entrance theme of all time. <laughs> I know you, you like John, that one. Yeah, you get John Wick status. <laughs> I like it. I do like it. I've always liked the theme. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks to you, the fans, that rounds out this segment. We thank you. I, I don't know how to really end that because I didn't name the segment. It was just viewers' comments, which I enjoy. Uh We'll come up with a name of that on next week's episode when we do this. Al, so, I, got a, I got a question for you. Yeah. You tend to notice little things in wrestling that say, like, I wouldn't notice or, like, Rob wouldn't notice. Mm-hmm. Maybe some fans wouldn't notice, aside from, you know, us. You picked up something on AEW Dynamite the other night that I did not, and I would like for you to share that news. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it was just like a normal Wednesday. I was watching AEW like I normally do, and I kind of noticed this slowly through the night, but I noticed it more during the main event world title match between Hangman Adam Page and Lance Archer with the commentary booth. Normally, since AEW has started, Jim Ross has been doing the main play-by-play, and Tony Giovanni has kind of done some play-by-play, some color commentary, and Excalibur did mostly color commentary. And obviously, this probably has something to do with Jim Ross being out. He was dealing with a skin cancer condition recently, and he had recently come back to AEW within, I believe it was last month. But I noticed during the world title match last night that Excalibur called like 99% of the match play-by-play as the main play-by-play announcer and i've started to notice they've been having them do this slowly throughout matches well jr has been gone a little bit beforehand and now since he has returned so one can only assume we know jim ross is getting up there in age you and i even though we have an immense amount of respect for jr have said in recent memory that we think maybe he should take just at least a little step back from doing the main play-by-play for AEW because he was starting to miss things. He brought up WWE on AEW television a couple times, and there was just it wasn't it wasn't the Jim Ross that we knew. 
And I think AEW is now slowly starting to move Excalibur into that role of main play-by-play commentator. And he thrived at it in the main event of AEW Dynamite this week. And I would say personally that if they're going to go forward with a newer play-by-play commentator, that they should definitely roll with Excalibur because Tony Schiavone actually plays a really good color commentator. And I think that's a perfect spot for Tony as well because he also has more segments that he's usually involved with throughout the show. He interviews people in the ring. He interviews people backstage. He's got his stuff that he does with Britt Baker. So I think that's a good spot for him too. And if Jim Ross is going to stay a step back from the commentating table at some point and move towards like the interviews that he does backstage, like the sit down interviews, I think Excalibur and Tony Schiavone are your perfect team to go with, with Excalibur's play by play and Tony is color. Yeah. You know, and I didn't notice it until you said it last night, actually about the, with Excalibur. And then like, I went back, you know, through highlights and stuff. And I, I, I was really impressed. And Al, I, I, you know, more than anyone, because we weren't even doing a podcast at the time mm-hmm. when AEW first started, I ridiculed him bad. Mm-hmm. Excalibur was not good on the mic, but as we all know, practice makes perfect. He's been on there more and he's done a phenomenal job. I'm, I'm, I was very pleased. Uh, another thing I did notice was I'm catching less mistakes being made also. Mm-hmm by commentary. So uh I'm I'm very happy with AEW. I was very happy with AEW Dynamite the other night. It was a great show. Um and the ratings reflected that. I believe they had a 1.12 million yep. you know reached, which is which is great. And they killed the demographic between 18 and 49. So AEW, keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely. And I think part of the reason Excalibur is shining so much in this commentary role now is he has been the main commentator on Rampage on Fridays. It was, a, you know, a smaller show. They were having him do the main commentary. And so he was more comfortable in that position once he had to take over for JR. But that being said, there is one last thing I want to bring up regarding AEW. And I have talked to you about this a couple times over the past couple of weeks. It's kind of an opposite opinion than what the internet wrestling community has. But I want to talk about CM Punk and AEW for a quick minute. There's been a lot of people that have ridiculed, I would say, AEW's booking of CM Punk since he arrived, saying that he wasn't fighting enough bigger stars, um, you know, aside from his rivalry with Darby Allen when he came in they were complaining that he was feuding with team Taz they were complaining that you know he had he was you know trying to feud with Ricky Starks and Lee Moriarty and all of these lower guys that people would call them and I want to take a different stance on that because I think we're starting to see the payoff of the booking of CM Punk when he first arrived in AEW um CM Punk is a guy, if you remember back in 2011, 2012 in WWE, that would not necessarily complain, but voices frustrations about older veteran wrestlers coming in and taking spots from the younger guys and immediately getting title matches. Guys like, you know, we see later on in the years, Brock Lesnar, guys like Goldberg, guys like Triple H at one point, um, you know, we had, Punk had an issue 
with those guys coming in and taking spots, specifically when The Rock came in and was planned for the main event of WrestleMania a year in advance. Punk was really outspoken about that because it took away spots from all of the other guys a year out. There was nothing they could do. So one's got to admit that when Punk signed with AEW, he wasn't going to do the same thing. He was never going to show up and he was never going to take a world title opportunity away from somebody immediately. The booking that they did with Punk, having him start with the smaller guys and moving up to the likes of now MJF, it's brilliant because you're starting to see the fans rally around him. And you've got to realize that the AEW audience is that same type of hardcore audience where had they just brought Punk in and immediately moved him into a title match, they would have booed the shit out of him. They would have turned on him and it wouldn't have been a good turn. It would have been like Roman Reigns 2015 turn on him. And it wouldn't have been good for Punk. So we're seeing now that people are starting to love what Punk's doing because now he's in the ring with MJF. He's feuding with the pinnacle. He's teaming with John Moxley. It's going to lead up to an AEW title match. And the way they're doing it is brilliant because it's actually going to, in my opinion, draw the favor of the fans as opposed to drawing the ire of the fans. That was very well said. Thank you. Very well said. You know, I'm a huge fan of CM Punk. Always been a fan of CM Punk. Whether he was in Ring of Honor, WWE, ECW. Yes, he was in ECW. And AEW. I like what he's doing. Um, I think the slow buildup of him is perfect. I know that there are some disgruntled fans. Again, it's that WWE fan versus that AEW fan, AEW fan type deal. You know, but like what I had noticed amongst that has been, you know, fans. Oh, well, it, it he's just having matches, but they're not just matches. Al, you had said right in the beginning, he had said he, he did not want to, just jump right up to a title picture. He's wrestling the guys. He said in that first promo, he wanted to wrestle. He's working with all these great younger talents. He might not even need to be in a title picture. He's just having fun, but fans are getting upset because someone's having fun and it's not the fun they want. But I think this buildup has been fantastic for starters the man needed to have some matches to get rid of some ring rust. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter how much you train, if you've been out for seven years, you need, you, you, you got to get back into training. I know muscle memory and everything like that is great, but he, he, he has worked with some phenomenal talent. I loved what he did with Darby Allen. I loved his match with Matt Seidel shocks people to say that wait cm punk versus matt seidel was exciting yeah it was matt seidel's exciting to watch did you watch him take a freaking <laughs> randy orton uh rko from the shooting star press that was awesome yeah but i mean the man could always you know the man could always work absolutely but he just didn't get that opportunity and and, and cm punk let him shine in AEW was great I love what I do love what Punk's doing. If you're mad, 
what someone else is doing in another company because it's not WWE. Get over yourself. And just enjoy watching wrestling. Yeah. Today's day and age, man, I feel like we're we, we get we get off more on on the miserable aspect than we do of the good points. Mm-hmm. Let's make good things in wrestling great again. Ladies and gentlemen, March 26, 2300 Arena, formerly known as the ECW Arena, Philadelphia, PA, perched on the top rope, will have Sonny Ono, Ultimo Dragon, and Bull Nakano for Icons of Wrestling. That following weekend, April, it's WrestleMania. WrestleCon, perched on the top rope, will have legendary manager Sonny Ono, Ultimo Dragon, and Bull Nakano again. Fans, you can check all our social media out from facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. Our Twitter account is at perched top rope. Our Instagram is the perch on the top rope podcast. You can like us on TikTok at Perched on the Top Rope. We have a great new series that we're doing on there with Selena Scene. I promise you, you will enjoy it. And if you don't like that, go watch the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, that Kevin Sullivan get humped by a dog on our TikTok. That one always gets me. (laughs) You can watch all our great interviews, our Perch News Network, and more, youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. We have our own pro wrestling tea store. Ladies and gentlemen, pro wrestling tees.com slash perched on the top rope. We got two awesome shirts that you can buy for $19.99. And if you tweet at us, you wearing the shirt or send it to us on Facebook, Instagram, anywhere you can send us a photo, we'll send you a free signed 8x10. From legends like Kevin Nash, Tatanka, Ivan Putsky, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and more. So go pick up a t-shirt. Also, when you buy a shirt, if you wear it to any autograph signing where we have talents, we'll knock off $25 off your VIP combination tickets. Make sure you listen to this podcast Anywhere and everywhere you can find podcasts from Red Circle, Google, Podbean, Apple, Amazon, Google. We're on all of them. It's perched on the top rope. Adorable one, you know what to do. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, there's only one way to be. And that's spoiler free. We're out.